Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are getting the move on. And our guest this week, while his business is full of oohs and ahs and evildoers and hisses, but a place where good always triumphs over evil. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Michael Prince, the owner of the Gaslight Melodrama and Music Hall. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Michael. Glad to be here. And for visioners who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? I'm Michael Prince. I am the co-owner uh, and the artistic director of the Gaslight Melodrama Theater and Music Hall. We are here in the audience of the Gaslight Melodrama, and this, is, this has been an interview I've been looking forward to making for a long time. As many of you know, I have a background in theater, film, and television, and it's always nice to come back to a warm, welcoming environment. And Michael, for those who don't know, what is, a what is the melodrama? Because we know what film is, we know what television is, but for visioners who don't know what a melodrama is, What's melodrama? Melodrama, uh, the style of melodrama theater dates back to the early 1800s. It's very similar. It's a, it's a very American art form mm -hmm. of theater of, of live performance, similar to jazz, where it comes from kind of a working class environment. Melodrama was made, produced to serve the working class population who couldn't afford to go see theater, you know, where, where theater back in the day was really for elites, mm. you know, or, or things like that, it, you know, and it was, it was made to give, you know, people hope, you know, that you could, you could root for the good guy, you right. know, you could, you could boo the bad guy, you right. could see a, a sweet moment with a, a hero and his sweetheart, you know, or, you know, and, Aww. Aww. Yeah. you know, at the end of the day, good always conquered evil. They're really morality tales more than anything. You know, you, if you look at modern rom-coms, you know, romantic comedies, right. and it, they're all rooted, like you look at any Adam Sandler movie, they're right. all rooted in, uh, in melodrama. You sure. know, it's like, well, we've got to raise $250,000 to save grandma's house, right. so I better right. do really well in the golf tournament or else, <laughs> you know, it all goes to, to nothing, you know. And, and like, let's throw a curveball in there and make him a hockey player who's never right. played golf. You know, and <laughs> as a curveball, yeah, as, you know. You know. <clears throat> but, like, but so many of those, you know, movies and tales and things like that are, are rooted in that, that kind of, you know, style of storytelling. And one of the great things about melodrama, too, is it's one of the first art forms to come around that encouraged audience participation. Yes. Yes, and uh, and that's one of the things that we love about it the most is that there is there's a um, equality with the audience. Okay, you know where it's not there's no either of us are better than the other. Right. You know, it's like we're all on the same page. Sure. Here. Right. You know, we're, the minute you walk in the door, you're here to be a part of this experience. 
you know, rather than like, you know, oh, we're, you know, we're telling you a story. <laughs> right, you know, right, right. And you just have to listen to it. And they go, oh, we just have to listen to this story. No, <laughs> sure, you know, right. you're here with us, you know, to go like, oh, yeah, we, we get to be a part of the fun. Right, right. You know, and... Um, it's so American. It's very American, yeah, because it, it takes all the pretense out of it, you mm. know. It's, and the, the, the thing I love about what we do a lot, and I'll, I'll probably be talking about this a lot as we go <laughs> on, it's the absence of self, mm. you know, as, as a performer, as somebody who does these things, as somebody who's, who's putting that on for a, a group of strangers that you don't know, you take yourself out of that knowing that somebody that you don't know is going to get joy. One of the other things that makes the Gaslight melodrama so special is it's privately held. Yeah, my, my wife and I have now owned it uh, almost going on five years now. Okay. So January, we'll celebrate our fifth year anniversary as the sole owners of it. Um, but it's, it's been a family entity mm -hmm. uh, for 17 years. Really? Uh, well, just the melodrama itself. Okay. The dance studio, Linda Larma and Daughters Academy of Dance, that we also own, right. uh, that's right next door on the same plot of land, right. that is a business that's been uh, in Bakersfield for over 40 years. Wow. You know, started by m my wife's mother, Linda Larma. Right. Um, God bless and, you know, dear to my heart. Um, and when, the, when her and her husband, Arnie, uh, God rest his soul, when they decided to retire, um, my wife and I were like, well, let's just give it a shot. Right. Let's see if we can buy it and see if we can do it and right. keep it going. And fortunately, we, we, we were able to. But you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. Oh. You, because you'd been involved with the theater for how many years before that? With this theater? Yeah, yeah. Uh, since day one. Since, okay, since so, the very, so 17 since, years since ago. The beginning, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. so, so since the beginning, they, you know, when they decided to do this, I, my wife and I were on vacation um, a year before we opened. Right. You know, we always took a summer vacation to see my family back east in Washington, D.C. and Maryland. And we got the phone call, and it was my wife's parents going, well, we're going to reopen the melodrama. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay, cool. And then a year later, they're like, hey, do you want to be in it? You know, do you want to do a show? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. You know, um, I wasn't working in theater at the time. You know, it was just kind of like a side gig. Right. Um, and then <clears throat> over the next few months, the original artistic director left. Uh, and they asked me, like, will you please come on and do that role, take that over. For and for those who don't understand the art community, especially the theatrical community, your role prior to ownership of the melodrama is very, was very creative and still is very creative. Still, yes. How many shows a year does, does the melodrama do? Six. Well, six main stage shows, right. including the vaudeville reviews. Right. And then we do um, two children's theater productions. Right. Uh, and then we do... 12 magic shows right um, with that, Ron Saylor which he, he produces we just provide the the location but right. we're, we're it's always so fun when it's magic night it's like, <laughs> magic day <laughs> who's gonna be here today and, you know what are we gonna get to see behind the scenes of right um, and we usually do two or three magic shows that the omnipresent puppet theater uh, puts on as well of the mainstay shows how many do you write I've written over 80 and 80 shows yeah and we've we've produced over 110, because when in 2020, right. uh, that was the start of our 15th anniversary, right. and the first show of 2020 was our 100th show. Wow! And we were very excited about 2020. Sure. And and then lockdowns happened. Oh no! And so like right, you know, right, everything right. everything went like <laughs> you know screech. pull the brakes you know eight months off of doing nothing, and since then we've come back and I've <clears throat> uh, written 
and directed uh, probably about 10 more of those since 2020. Right. So we're roughly around about 110 shows, of which 80 of so I have. Now, one of the things that I absolutely love that you do in the, for your performances for the melodrama, and it carries over to the Ron Saylor Magic Show as well, is the announcements that the bar is closed. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that grew out of... Well, first of all, describe to our audience what happens, because this, this is quintessential melodrama to start with, yes. and it's so, it's, it's so much fun. I think it stems from, you know, the, the booing and the cheering. Right. Right, like, it, so it's, that's kind of like the first seed of the night. Right. You know, like, it's, the, you know... It's, the first it, taste it's of like what's coming. Right, it's, right, 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 right. it's the warm-up. It's the warm-up, you know, where, you know, somebody comes up and goes, ladies and gentlemen, I got good news and I got bad news. Boo. And they're, like, looking at you, like, they stop talking among each other right. for the first time and go like, what, 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 what's he saying? And the bar is closed and they hold the sign, <laughs> and they just started doing it one day. Like we didn't tell them to do it, you know, they just started doing it and we're like, okay, but I've got good news. It'll be open at the next intermission. <laughs> you know, they're freaking out. That's like, and I always end it. I'm the only one that does it, but I always end it with, I knew you'd come around. You know, just to give them a little, like, you know. Your shows, if you want to invite the family and the kids, because they're not PG-13 rated R or anything else like that, this is a family-friendly environment. Very much so, yeah. I think in comedy or entertainment, you, you shouldn't seek to offend, you know. And there are you know, ways that you can even talk about topical things, like the Twilight Zone. Right. You know, where you, you, you know, it's, it's a wonderful um, environment to be able to tell these morality tales. Right. To where people can, you know, take an escape from life and go like, oh yeah, I, I get it. Right. You know, like, oh, my life's like that. You right, know? right. And, but there are these silly, over-the-top, ridiculous things you know, like you would have like in a Blazing Saddles or an Airplane or, you know, sure. like the old classic 80s comedies, you know, right. really pushed the envelope and went beyond, but they did them very cleverly, you know, and that's what we've kind of strive for. When we come back in the next segment, we're going to be talking more about the business of owning a theater and a financially profitable one at that. And we're going to be talking about the one thing that a lot of business owners struggle with, which is letting go, letting other people do things so that you can free up your time to do other tasks. But before we get into the next segment, if visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Give us a call. And the phone number is? The phone number is 661-587-3377. What was that number again? 661-587-3377. <laughs> I'm here all the time. I'm sure. You know, except oh, for when you're not. Or except for when I'm not and I get my one day off. Um, or, or send us an email, you know, gaslightmelodrama at yahoo.com. And where is the Gaslight Melodrama? Uh, we're uh, in Rosedale, 12748 Jomani Drive, uh, just off of Allen Road, a half mile north of Rosedale Highway. Website? Uh, TheMelodrama.com. Social media? Gaslight Melodrama. <laughs> On just Facebook. put it in there. Yeah, just put in Gaslight Melodrama on Facebook or Instagram. You'll find us immediately. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about delegation. When we chat more with Michael Prince, when we come right back. The winter season is rapidly approaching. But are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? 
Bakersfield's best tire store, Clarou Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clarou Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClarouTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. I'm here with Michael Prince, the co-owner of the Gaslight Melodrama and Music Hall. And our visionary question comes from Jamie who asks, how did you handle allowing other people to take care of tasks of your business that you've done yourself for so many years? Oh, trust. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, it, you, you find people who hopefully you have an instinctual thing where you go, like, oh, that's a good person. You know, mm. that's somebody who gets it. That's somebody who right. gets what we do. Sure. Um, and we've been very fortunate to have a lot of people who get it, who know it right away. And you let go of self. You let go of that idea like, I'm the only one who can do it. That oh, but, has, that's, but that's a hard thing to do. It is. It is a hard thing. And, and, how, and did you, how did you overcome that? Because <laughs> you don't want to be exhausted. Okay, you know, right, because right. You, because you already know that you have so much that you have to do as well, right. you know, that if you can delegate the minutia, right. you know, and there are people who do it right. and do it well right. and do it better ah. and take, take the initiative mm -hmm. and you don't take offense Ah, there it is. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, you, you, like, like you don't sit there and, and like somebody goes, oh, you know, I did this thing. It was better than you ever thought it was going to be. Right. You don't take the attitude like, mm, well, I, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> sure. You take the attitude like, that's great. Right. Congratulations. Fantastic. That's wonderful. I love that. Keep, please, finding right. more ways to do that. Right. Because then they're empowered. Right. And they right. continue to make it better. Right. One of the things that you mentioned in passing in all that is letting go of yourself. Yes. Okay. And this is something that a lot of business owners struggle with. Is in, and you, you, you talked about you know, empowering the person to do it better than you can, but you yourself, like you said, you want to grumble and whatnot. How do you take that step back, take a breath, and allow yourself to say, okay, I have to let somebody else do this and, and deal, with the, do, deal with that emotionally and internally. It comes down to selflessness. You know, you have to, you, and I don't know how an individual does that themselves. Right. But I knew I had to do that. I knew I had to do that when my son became a teenager. Okay. You know, right. and, and it was, and in and, and helping him go through that stage of life mm. is that I had to be like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be that kind of parent who's like, oh, teenagers suck. And, you know, teenagers don't know what they're doing. And they go, well, of course they don't. They're teenagers. Right. They're young. You know, it's right. like, you know, so rather than do that, go, okay, take a moment, take a breath, step back right. and go get yourself out of there, see it through somebody else's eyes and, and let them find a way and guide mm. as opposed to tell. Oh, okay. You know, if that How makes did you learn this? I've got really cool parents. Okay. Um, you know, right, right, like, sure. you know, who, um, you know, I learned multiple, you know, things from. Um, I've always sought out mentors right. um, who were older than myself, you know, and uh, tried to kind of, you know, guide things from them, gaze things from them. Right. Um, 
It, these are things that I study all the time, still to this day. Right. You know, I'm a constant student. Um, I, 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 I don't believe in the fact that you've learned everything you're ever going to learn. Right. You know, it, you're, you're, you're learning until the day it's over. Right. You know, and it can always be better. And you can always try to be a better human being and a better person. Um, so, and, and I, it, it was not that, it was just a couple years ago where it came, it might have been during lockdowns where it came, right. you know, to, sure. the, to the, you know, that, that moment of just kind of awareness, you know, of that, like, you know what, if you just take yourself out of it, and I had taken my mom on vacation for Mother's Day this last year, and, and it was just me and my mom, and we were, you know, in, on the coast, and we had met another, you know, group of people that were hanging out, and they were like, oh, we have teenage kids, and blah, 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 and, I was with my mom, so that was very fortunate. And it was like, yeah, you just get rid of self. And my mom was like, yep, he's right. He's right. That's what you do. <laughs> yes, I, mom. Yeah, you know, but I was like, see, 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 she knows. And I, I don't know, but like the, the more I keep going on with this, it's like, yeah, the elimination of self helps so much. Here at the Melodrama, you're getting ready for your Christmas show. Yeah, we just started this week. If you're listening to the program, describe for our audience what's going on on stage behind us. Because uh, this this is in its very early stages. Mary, we're just getting started. This so is so the describe for our audience what's going on here. So this is you know, this is what we call foundation okay. of the show. So we, we just Not started. to be confused with Isaac Asimov's foundation, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. But we just started blocking. Okay. Um, where we're kind of we we've already done the read through of the scripts and we're we're going through what the set is kind of going to look like. So it's a radio station in the 1940s. Okay. It's a it's a Bakersfield radio station. Okay. K A F Y, the Big 55. Right. And they put on their annual Christmas Eve uh, broadcast, but nobody's shown up. Oh no. So it, it's all going to crap. Right. You know. Right. And, and and Santa's elves who are picking up the slack for Santa that year stumble upon the place because they made a wrong turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> and then they have to put on the show. And then slowly other people who were supposed to be in the show show up as well, and they all kind of come together. So this is supposed to be the, um, what the, the radio station is. We just don't have the walls up. You or, know, the, or, or the rest of the set. Or yeah. the rest of the set. But you do have the Christmas tree. We have, have the, the Christmas tree. We keep a Christmas tree on retainer, as I say. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't take it down because I know I'm going to need it right. in 11 months. So it, a Christmas tree is always backstage, right? <laughs> ready to go. You've been doing the melodrama for 17 years. 17 years. And uh, prior to that, you, did, you were a social worker? Yeah. But you were also doing film and television down in Hollywood. Uh, well, no, I was doing it here and actually up north. And walk us briefly through the process of, of how you ended up here because, you know, Bakersfield. I'm from here. I'm from oh, Bakersfield. You, you are from Bakersfield. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm from Bakersfield. I was raised in Bakersfield. Um, I wasn't born here, um, but I was raised here from eight months old um, all through high school. Uh, the day I turned 18, I moved away. Okay. Um, I worked for AmeriCorps, which is like the Peace right. Corps, but right. here in America. Um, and I was an HIV AIDS counselor okay. uh, in the 90s. Wow. Um, you had a lot in, of work. Yeah. <laughs> and I primarily worked with um, uh, homeless heroin addicts, wow. teaching them how to clean their needles and testing wow. them. And like going, like it was for an 18 year old, wow. like right after high school, it was like, that's an eye opener. That's the world. Like, whoa. Like you're seeing the bottomest of the world. Like, right. okay, geez. And at the same time, I also really wanted to be a storyteller. And so I was doing that like as a side hustle. When I moved back to Bakersfield, uh, I was working in child abuse prevention. 
um, and still making short films. Yeah, I was doing local theater here and there. Uh, and because of that background is how I kind of stumbled into this when my in-laws were like, hey, we're building this place. Right. I was like, oh, that'd be fun to be involved. In. Sure, yeah. right. You know, and then when they asked me to come into the fold, I was like, I, yeah, I feel like I've done enough experience in these last 10 years of my life, right. you know, of doing both of those kind of things, something very artistic and something very service-oriented. Right. And I definitely feel like what we do is a service to people. Right. You know, so I try to, you know, kind of in my mindset, always incorporate both of those things. Being the artistic director is one thing. Actually owning the business is another. Yeah. What is something that you have learned along the way that affects the decisions you make as the owner? That's a hard one because it is so, it is so concentrated with my wife and I, you know, and how we've kind of taken over all of these little things. Right. You know, and... Well, describe for us the partnership with you and your wife. Because well, it really is a partnership. Oh, very much. And so. and what's what is your wife's role in the business? Because you're very much on the creative side. Is she more on the analytical side? Yes. Yeah. She's she's the business side. Like I said, we also own Linda Larman Daughters Academy of Dance. Right. You know, we've got 500 students. Congratulations. That come through there every year. Good. You know, she runs that. Right. You know, that's a whole monster. And what kinds of things do they? Do they teach over there? They do tap, they do ballet, they do hip-hop, gymnastics. Right. There's a giant recital every year, right. start of summer at the Fox Theater that they put on. And I run everything here, right. but she's also in a lot of these shows. She right. choreographs here. She runs all the business stuff for both, right. you know, of like, you know, what's coming in, coming out. It, it, you know, like I run all the creative stuff here. Right. The creative stuff over there, you know, she runs all of that. When we come back, have you ever heard of the term herding cats? <laughs> We're going to talk more about that when we come right back. The reason we're here talking with Michael Prince, the co-owner of the Gaslight Melodrama and Music Hall, is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. We had a visioneer that wanted to find out, how do I go through and herd cats? More specifically, a business that seems to be run by a committee. So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know. Who knows? Your question could appear here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Michael Prince, the co-owner of the Gaslight Melodrama and Music Hall. And our visionary question comes from Chris, who asks, we have several partners in our business, and it seems like we're leading by committee at times. What have you done to organize the business leadership to be on the same page? Well, we, you know, when we began, uh, the, the committee um, was still family-run, you right. know, but it was... And, and at this time, this was you, your wife... Me, my wife, uh, her parents... Her parents. Uh, and her sister. And her sister. So there were five of you. Yes. Okay. And eventually, there were six. John Slicker. Okay. Uh, right, you sure. know, they got married here. Oh, okay. In the, uh, and I officiated their wedding <laughs> here <laughs> on sure. that stage. <laughs> right, you sure, know. right. Um, it was actually the first wedding that I had ever officiated. Okay. Um, I'm actually officiating my 14th this coming weekend. Congratulations. To another actress. You must be doing something right, because people keep getting coming back, They right? ask. They ask. <laughs> um, which is great. But anyways... <clears throat> 
I digress. Um, yeah, it was it was us, it, especially once this all became incorporated, ah. um, you know, and so things became um, kind of like, well, you know, here's all my ideas for for like what this is what I want to do next year, mm. you know, because I would always come with whatever the next year's season was going to be right. in the summer of the year before, you right. know, and I th think of all these shows. Because you have to plan ahead because you you're do. doing, you know, a thousand shows a year, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot, you know, and you sure. got to cast those things, you got to put them together. Right. And so it was like, is this, you know, how does this look? Does this look good? You guys like this? It's, you know, it's like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Or, you know, it's like, yeah, that looks great. Let's do that. Right. You know, or, you know, it would come to me and be like, well, this is what I want to do this year, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. Now it's, it's just me and Jen, you know, going, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And a fortunate thing that I always think of, my wife and I spend every single night sitting on our back porch, right. you know, maybe having a glass of wine or a drink and just going, okay, whew, here's what's coming, right. you know, and, and, and taking those steps to plan for it, you know, without any pretense or without any, you know, animosity or right. anything. It's like, we just know what we've got to do. You know, because we've been doing this for so long. So what you're saying, if I'm hearing this correctly, is if you want to eliminate six voices, or you want to work with six voices and have a committee, what you do is you get rid of four of them and buy them out. And, and yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yes. We always like my wife and I always say it's like too many cooks, too many cooks. Right, right. You know, and 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 I I know that's a cliche, but it's true. Okay. You know, you get too many cooks in the kitchen, the soup's gonna get gross. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. And it's gonna be. And so it's like just find you know kind of the the singular vision, you know, and and be able to. To find people who who can get on that boat with you, right. that you can that you can properly delegate to, right. and be like, this is what we're looking for, and they go, okay, yeah, got it. But when you had six cooks making the soup, how did you get on the same page, and how did that work? It out? was the same thing. Okay. There were there was still trust. Oh, okay. You know, there was still trust from uh, you know from um, Arnie and Linda, my wife's parents. Right. You know, who they were like, I trust Michael you know, to do, you know, what we need to do for this, you know. And if they had any questions or if they had any, like, reservations, uh, you know, they'd be like, well, I don't know about this. And we'd communicate, uh, you know, nice. and talk and be like, you know, well, this is why I'm thinking that way, you know. And they'd be like, well, okay, I can see that. But what about this? Right. And it's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that as well. Okay, yeah, sure. You know, and so you have to be willing. Again, it all comes down to let go of self, mm. you know, like, you, because it, the minute you get yourself emotionally, like way too emotionally involved, right. Right. it all kind of crumbles, you know, and you have to be able to take emotionality out of it in order to see the bigger picture. You spend 100 hours a week here. Oh, <laughs> Not counting what I take when I go home, <laughs> you know, or when I sleep. <laughs> what do you do to escape and, and unwind? We leave town. Okay. You know, and we, we just go, okay, uh, we'll look at our watch, we'll look at our calendars and be like, okay, we have this night or these two days away. Right. You know, where are we going to go? Right. And, okay, obviously it's going to be someplace maybe close. Right. You know, so we head off to the coast just to just wash everything away, see the beach. We'll go San Francisco. We'll go to Las Vegas for four days. We'll go, you know, oh, we've got two weeks. We can go see my family. We can, you know, we just get out of town mm -hmm. and kind of... Escape ourselves. Sure. You know, sure. do our own escape. Right. You know. What are some of the places that you guys have gone? Oh, you know, like I said, I mean, we 
we really do love the beach. We love the coast. We love mountain areas. We love, you know, all the cliche things, you know. Right, that, right. But, like, I think as we've gotten older, they become a little more sacred. Right. And you, you kind of, you hold them a little dearer because you respect the, the majesty of what they are now. Right. You know, because it's, it's not just like, oh, yeah, we're going to the beach. It's like, ah, ah. You just take it in a little more. You right. know what I mean? Um, at least for me, that's, that, that's what it feels like, you know, and I, <clears throat> I know my wife, I mean, my, my son's almost 16, so he's like, oh, it's the beach, woohoo, you know, <laughs> sure. you know, and that's what he should feel, you know, that's the point when you're 16, you know, right. you shouldn't have to worry about those things, it just should be like, mom and dad are taking me to the beach, woohoo, you know, awesome, you know, but it's just a, a, a chance to reflect and to regroup and, and, real and, the older we get now, we're starting to like, let's try something we've never been before. Let's try an area of California that we've never seen before. Because we love California. I right. love California to death. You know, and people badmouth it all over the place. It's like, are you kidding? This is the most beautiful place in the world. And we just like, we're just starting to kind of like, let's go to some place we've never been. And so that like, we're trying, we're, now we're starting to kind of explore a little more. You mentioned that part of the travel is appreciation things and it's it's beginning to open things up how has that appreciation or what have you learned from that appreciation that you apply to the melodrama it's funny you know we're we're working this new show that we've just started our new christmas show there's a lot of um uh, people in the show who've only done a few things here or there right. with us before or people who've never done Right. stuff with us on the main stage so it, it's it, it's a lot of new faces right. you know kind of being with us and um even that is making me appreciate what we do even more because seeing their what i'm perceiving is their joy right. you know of, of of doing this with us is what i see when i go to other places and i see people enjoying the work that they do right no matter what it is, right. whether it's you're at a restaurant, whether it's, you know, you're at a bar, another theater, you're at a theme park, you're at any other, you know, place, even a, you know, a re retail outlet, you know, when you see somebody having joy in what they do, right. it, it reciprocates to you as the person receiving the joy that they're trying to give. And so I've become very much more aware of that. And so when I witness it, you know, it just, it kind of comes on me twofold. Right. You know, like, yeah, that's, that's right. That's why we do this. That's why we're here. Because it, we, it can always get frustrating. There's always frustrations. There's always things that happen. And they, you know, it's very easy to kind of lock yourself into this thing of like, you know, I hate this. And, oh, gosh, why is this happening? Like, oh, why won't this work? Right. You know, and, you know, that's, that's just generalities, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, what it boils down to is that you've seen somebody that you don't know have some joy in this world. And that's so precious. And it's so, it's so rare, you feel like, to see these days. What makes you wake up every morning and open your business? Being with my wife and my son when I go to sleep and when I wake up, knowing that when I go to bed, the first thing I do before I go to bed is I tell him, I go into my son's room, because he's usually up playing a video game or whatever, and I, I can say goodnight to him, and he's right there with me every damn night. And when I lay down in bed, and my wife comes and lays down next to me, I can look over to her, and she can look over to me, and we can say, I love you, 
and we can kiss each other and go to sleep and shut our eyes. And the first thing I do when I wake up is say, good morning, dear, I love you. And she's right there with me. And I go and I wake up my son and say, good morning, I love you. And that's how we start and end our day. And that's the thing that I hold so precious because I didn't grow up with that. I never saw that when I was a kid. And the fact that I get to do that now at 45 and have been able to do that for 16 years and will continue to do that until our son moves away and God knows what the hell I'm going to do when that happens. <laughs> It'll just be you know, me and my wife again going, well, he's gone. I love you still. <laughs> <laughs> but that's more than anything is that I get to have my family with me and that I get to have the family that I've always wanted. And um, yeah, I mean, my wife, you know, she comes from the same kind of thing that I come from. You know, we're both um, only children from our parents. You know, we both come from divorce, you know. Um, and when we decided to take this journey together, just when we were young, in our early 20s, it was like, look, this is it, it's me and you. Like, we know that, right? Like, the, the D word is not on the horizon. So let's make sure that we're serious about this. I was like, yep, here we go. And we've gone through so many things through the years that have challenged us and struggles us, but we've always, you know, just been wholehearted and faithful to each other and what our goal was to go through this life together. And, and that's it. It, it, I mean, you hear people often talk about, well, if you go into a company and they say, oh, we're like a family around here, and they go like, ooh, that's a red flag. Sometimes it's not, because this is a family around here, because we are a family. You know, this family business is show business, and the whole point of why we're doing this is, is to bring some bit of joy into this world that very oftentimes can feel bogged down with just the worst of the worst. And it's a privilege to be able to do this. And it's a privilege to be able to do this with the people that I love. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. This has been wonderful. Of course. If Visioneers want to get in touch. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And if Visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Give me a call. I'm, I'm here all the time. I live here. 661-587-3377. Um, uh, give a call. Leave a message if I'm not here. Uh, you can email us at gaslightmelodrama at yahoo.com. Uh, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Gaslight Melodrama. Just look us up. We'll pop up. Slide into our DMs. You know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and I'll be right back with my final thought. The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clarou Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clarou Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClarouTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. 
Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. They'll let you know. One of the things that many of us have a challenge with in life is wondering if we're doing a good job. Yes, we go through, we start a business, we start getting clients, we start getting customers, we start getting paid, we start paying the bills, we start developing and growing our businesses, but way back in the back of our minds, we still have that little voice asking, am I good enough? Am I, am I doing a good job? And it's not always a question that gets answered immediately yes validation is especially personal validation is is always a welcome thing but sometimes that answer doesn't come as quickly and as often as we would like and one of the things that i picked up from my conversation this week with michael prince is the sense of personal validation after all he was invited by the original owners of the Gaslight Melodrama to come and be the artistic director. And then after a while, he and his wife became the owners of the Gaslight Melodrama. And this was not something that happened overnight. This was something that took years and years and years of growth and development and progress in order to make that happen. And yet, he was invited to come and be a part of the Gaslight Melodrama. Then he was invited to start writing the shows. And then he was invited to take a larger and bigger role until ultimately he and his wife bought the business. Well, if it's any indication there, there's a lot of self-validation that happened on Michael Prince's part because the owners of the business did not have to invite him. They did not have to ask him to write the shows. And ultimately, they did not have to ask he and his wife to buy the business. So as we go through our lives, as we're developing our businesses, when we get feedback, it may not come in the ways that we initially think about it. Gee, buddy, you're doing a great job. It may come much more subtly and in much big sweeping changes. After all, the people who are important, the people who are important to you, they'll let you know. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Michael Prince, the owner, the co-owner of the Gaslight Melodrama and Music Hall. And I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.